This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible, and we do appreciate those of you that are watching today. Perhaps some of you are watching for the very first time. I hope that you will continue to watch today. You know, we're living some very unusual days. We're, we're living in a time where the, the line that separates right things from wrong things seems to be getting thinner and thinner. Today I want to talk about how you determine things right, things wrong. I hope that you'll continue to watch. Now today on Getting to Know Your Bible, we're going to be offering a free Bible correspondence course. And I would like to emphasize but this Bible course is absolutely free of charge. And, and we've been offering this for a long time, and we have thousands of people all over the world that are studying the Bible in this way. And, and it's causing people to understand more about what God would have them to do to be pleasing in His sight. I, I think that all of us need to study the Bible more, don't you? And so we're making this course available. We want you to have it in order that you know, might know more about the course itself, in order that you might know how to receive the course, we'd like to pause for just one moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314. Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read now from Romans, the 12th chapter, and verse 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. What verse in the Bible do you think would best describe the day in which we live? I, I wish that I could say and, and really believe that Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven best describes our day. You know that verse says that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy mind. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if, if that verse described our day that people everywhere love God as they ought? I, I wish I could believe that Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 describes our day. There Jesus taught that whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do ye also unto them. It would be a better world, would it not, if, if people would treat others as they would like to be treated. And I could wish that our world today was described by Paul's uh, description and definition of love found in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, where he said, love suffers long and is kind and envies not and so forth. But, but is right really the way that our world is described today? 
I have an idea that our world is best described by Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, where the prophet said, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that, that put light for darkness and darkness for light, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. In other words, he's describing a time of confused values, mixed up values. And I fear that that might better describe the day in which we live than any other passage of Scripture to be found in the Bible. We are living in a time when many people do not accept any type of standard for what is right or what is wrong. Their values are relative in nature. That is, they think that right is whatever they determine to be right and wrong is whatever they determine to be wrong. There's never been a time that we needed to accept a biblical standard and be able to distinguish between things that are right and things that are wrong in order to bring stability to our world and in order that we might be doing things that would cause God to bless us as a nation of people, to bless us as a world. So we want to talk about how you determine what is right, then how do you determine what is wrong? But is there any need to do that? Do, do we have any reason at all for us to discuss that? Let me tell you what some other people have said. For example, in uh, an issue, a back issue of the USA Today, that they reported that there's a serious crime committed every two seconds in, in America. There's a murder every 23 minutes, a rape every six minutes, a robbery every 58 seconds and there's an aggravated assault every 48 minutes. It seems to me that in America we need to know what's right and what's wrong. And uh, just yesterday, I took a 16-year-old girl down to get her driver per driving permit down at the courthouse. This is a girl that my wife and I are now the legal guardians of. And when we came out after she had gotten her permit, right there beside the, our automobile were a number of police officers. They, they had two men in handcuffs. They had a woman in the back seat of one of the police cars, and she was in, in handcuffs. And I wondered, what in the world is going wrong? Well, you see, here was this pickup truck right beside my car, full of alcohol, drugs, and, and whatever else the police were able to find because as we left, they were still going through the car, going through the truck. And I thought to myself, how foolish, how foolish. Here they are right in the presence of police officers all the time coming and going at the courthouse, and they pull up at the, the courthouse with alcohol and with drugs. It just told me that some people in this world, number one, are foolish, and number two, have no concept of what is right and what is wrong. One sociologist was, was, uh, had this to say about, about teenagers, and he said, they grow up lacking internal controls needed to stay on course. That's sad, isn't it? It's frightening to think that there are many teenagers right now that are growing up 
all around in our neighborhoods that are lacking the controls that they need to stay on course in life. And then there was one U.S. Army official who made this statement. He said the Army would like to see every American parent, teacher, and clergyman, he meant by that preacher, worked to give our children a firm regard for right and an abiding distaste for wrong. Now that's what a man from the army had to say. Well, what does the Bible say? Does the Bible have anything to say about how you determine what is right and how you determine what is wrong? Well, in the first place, some things are always right. There are just some things, regardless of circumstances, that are always right. For example, it is always right to pray. Can you think of, of an occasion, can you think of a situation in which it would not be right to pray? Uh, I mentioned earlier about taking a 16-year-old to get her driver's permit, learn how to drive, and before we went in, I said, I said, honey, let's, let's pray about this. And she was old, so nervous about it, but when she came out and she shook her permit in my face, and I thought, well, maybe, maybe God helped her to pass that test today. We need, there's never an occasion that it's not right for us to pray. Now, there may be some occasions that would be uh, not the best time to do it, but, but, but prayer is appropriate for any situation in life. That's why the Bible says to pray without ceasing. It, it is always right to read the Bible. I can't think of occasion that it would be wrong to read the Bible. And we need to be daily students of the Bible, searching the scriptures daily, Acts 17, 11. It, it is always right to be honest. The Bible says that we're to provide things honest in the sight of all men. And one thing about honesty, if you try to live by the rule of telling the truth, being honest, you don't ever have to be concerned about what you said yesterday because you know you told the truth yesterday. You don't ever have to wonder about how you're going to cover your tracks, not if you're being honest. It is always best to be honest. Someone has said that honesty is the best policy. It is the best policy and it is the only policy. And it is always right to show love to other people. We need to love God first of all. And that, that's the very first thing that we need to consider is loving God. We need to love our fellow man, to love our neighbor just like we love ourselves. There's, it's always right to show love, and it is always right to show mercy to other people. Some people do not show very much mercy to others, but Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So it is always right to do that. It is always right to worship the Lord on the Lord's day. Always. There's never a time that it would be wrong to do that. So some things are always right. But on the other hand, there are some things that are always wrong. It is always wrong to take God's name in a vain way. Well, one of those Ten Commandments was, Thou shalt not to take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. And we can know that even now in the Christian age, that it is wrong to use the name of God in a light, loose way. That's always wrong. 
And yet we live in a time where many people take God's name in vain almost on a regular basis. It's almost uh, hard to watch the evening news without someone using the name of God in a vain way. One of the common expressions that people use today is, Oh my God. Well, that's a biblical expression when you use it in a biblical context. Paul in Philippians 4.19 said, My God shall supply all your need. But when you use that expression in a light, frivolous way, you've taken God's name in vain. It's always wrong to do that. And it is always wrong to steal. It's never right for us to take what belongs to somebody else. The Bible says, let him that stole steal no more. Ephesians 4 and 28. Stop your stealing. Why? Because it's wrong to take what belongs to someone else. It is always right to involve yourself in drinking and drunkenness. And there's so much harm, so much hurt, so much misery that's brought into the world because of drinking and drunkenness that time would not permit us to talk about all of the things that happen in this world. Uh, some, you know, there's a, a, an ad some time ago that had the phrase in it, the finished product of the brewer's art. Well, let me tell you where the finished product of the brewer's art is. It's in, the, it's in jail. It's in the cemetery. It's in a broken home. The finished product of the brewer's art eventually is going to wind up in torment because that's the end result. It's always wrong to involve yourself in drinking and drunkenness. And it is always wrong to commit fornication. I, the, the Bible does not give us any occasion where it be right to commit fornication. And people who do things like that are going to be eliminated, excluded from going to heaven. Somebody says, well, how do you know? Well, in 1 Corinthians 6, chapter and verse 9, Paul said, Know ye not, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he lists such things as fornication and the like. But then people who are fornicators can be forgiven. In verse number 10, verse 11, Such were some of you, but you're now you're washed, you're sanctified, and you're justified. That's true of any sin we commit. We can be forgiven of that sin, cleansed of that sin, and made pure in the sight of God. But it's never wrong to commit that sin. It is never, never right, rather, to commit the sin of fornication. It is always wrong. And it's never right to gossip. There's so much hurt that's been brought into this world by people who are gossipers. I've known some people who would recall in horror if you were to suggest that they were guilty of such things as drunkenness and fornication, and yet they think nothing at all about taking their tongues and using them in the way to hurt other people. Well, one sin is just as bad as any other sin in the sight of God. It's never right, never right to be a gossiper. Moses told the Israelites in Leviticus 19, verse 16, Thou shalt now go up and down as a talebearer among thy people. In other words, don't be a gossiper. And it is always wrong to commit murder. Uh, in, the, in the Old Testament, in the, in the uh, uh, Ten Commandments, they were told, Thou shalt not kill. That literally meant you shall do no murder. Murder is always wrong. In the New Testament, we're taught, told that murder is wrong, even murder of the heart. Whoso hateth his brother is a murderer. You know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Now, here's what we've established. Some things are always right. Some things are always wrong according to the Bible. 
But then on the other hand, some things are right or wrong depending upon moderation. Now dress is be, be one of those things. It's proper for us to dress. We should go around with our clothes on, even though in our society some people seem to revert back to the other way of going around with as few clothes on as they can possibly get away with. Some don't wear enough clothes to water pop gun nowadays. But, but it's right for us to, to wear clothing. First Timothy chapter 2 and verses 8 through 10 teach that, that Christian women are to address themselves or to adorn themselves in, in modest apparel. And that could be overdressing or underdressing. I think it has to do, this matter of with our dressing in such a fashion as to draw undue attention to ourselves. So you have to dress with moderation. You dress in such a way as not cause someone to look upon you or to lust after you that you not dress in such a fashion that someone looks upon you and think, well, that, that person looks more like a clown in a circus than, than, a, than a normal street person. And so we, we, we have to think about these things. Another thing that has to do with moderation is, is the food that we eat. It's right to eat, but you have to eat with moderation. You know, Solomon said, if you be a person given to appetite, you just put a knife to your throat. I guess that's to keep you from eating so much. But then another thing is the matter of our sleeping. We, we need sleep, but excessive sleep can cause an individual to become a sluggard or to become a lazy person. So we have to do certain things in moderation. Some things are always right, some things are always wrong, and some things are right or wrong depending upon moderation. So it would be wrong to dress in a way to cause undue attention to yourself. It would be wrong for us to eat more food than we really need to eat. It would be wrong for us to sleep longer than we really need to sleep. You see, we have to do things in moderation. Well, someone says, now, what is it that determines what is right and what is it that determines what is wrong? Well, I'll tell you in the first place, it is not the media that determines what is right or wrong. The way some talk today, you would think that they were the divine standard of what's right and what's wrong, but they are not. Nor is Hollywood the standard of what is right and what is wrong. Why, if we were to follow the standard that some have set in Hollywood, anything would go. You could do anything you want to do. There would actually be no line of demarcation between right and wrong. You could just do any way you want to do. So Hollywood is not the, stand, the, the one that determines what is right and what is wrong. And preachers do not determine what is right, what is wrong. Politicians don't set the standard. So, so where will we go to find out how we're going to determine the difference between things right and things wrong? Now remember, some things are always right, some things are always wrong. Some things are right or wrong depending upon moderation. So how are we going to determine those things that are right and those things that are wrong? Well, we'll have to go to God's divine word because God is the one who has set the standard of those things that are right and wrong. 1 John 3, 4 says that whoever transgresses God's will becomes a sinner. So God is the one who has determined that. God determines those who become sinners. He said, when you do something I've told you not to do, you become a sinner. On the other hand, in James 4, 17, we learn that people who fail to do 
what God tells them to do also are sinners. Now, who set the standard? Is it Hollywood? Is it the preachers, politicians, the media? No. God is the one who has determined things that are right and things that are wrong. Now, to live right is to walk in accordance with or in harmony with God's law. There's a definition given of righteousness, which and the word righteousness means right living. It's found in Psalms, the 119th chapter, verse 172. And there the psalmist said, All thy commandments are righteousness. If we want to know what is right or what is wrong, all we have to do is to, is to consult the Bible. Sometimes people talk about breaking the law of God. But folks, you don't really break the law of God. You may defy it, but you don't break it. You take, for example, one of God's natural laws, and that's the law of gravity. You're not ever going to break the law of gravity. You may try to defy the law of gravity. You, you may go to a, a, a tree somewhere and climb up at a high tree and think I'm going to jump out of this tree and defy the law of gravity and float to the ground like a butterfly, but, but it's not going to happen. You're not going to break the law. You may try to defy the law, but you're going to pay a penalty if you try to defy the law of God. So we don't break the law of God. And, but so how are we going to determine what God would have me to do and what would be wrong for me to do? Let, let, let me just ask a few questions. And I think these questions will, will help us in determining what is right, what is wrong. Question number one, what does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Now, for people who don't believe the Bible, for people who are biblical, biblically illiterate, that is, they don't know and don't care, well, this question would not really mean much. But I'm talking to people right now, I know I am, who, who believe the Bible, who love the Bible, and want to do what's right. And so, first of all, if I want to know what is right or what is wrong, I've got to ask the question, now what does the Bible say? Peter said that we have all things that pertain to life and godliness in 2 Peter 1.3. Now, that being the case, I know that the Bible tells me everything I need to know about what is right and what is wrong. Here's another question to consider when trying to decide what is right and what is wrong. And my question is, what would Jesus do? What do you think Jesus would do? Here, here you have a decision you have to make. And you're not certain what you should do. Why don't you stop and ask the question, now just what would Jesus do? Inasmuch as we're taught in 1 Peter 2.21 that we are to follow in his steps. And in, in as much as in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 6 we're to walk as he walked. Don't you think that's really a valid question to ask? What would Jesus do? And when I determine I think what Jesus would do, then that's what I should do. Do I think that Jesus would become a glutton and a drunkard? No. No. So then I should not. I, I need to ask myself, what would Jesus do? And then let's ask another question. Would I want to meet my Lord doing what I'm thinking about doing? Maybe here's a young person, they're going out on a date and they've made pre-arrangements that they're going to, to sleep together, as they call it nowadays. That really means they're going to commit fornication while they're out on their date. Would you really want to meet God 
Would you really want to meet God and be found in a situation like that? So, oh, no, Brother Lambert, I wouldn't want that to happen. Then that's something you ought not to do. And then here's another question you need to ask. Will it harm my influence? All of us are creatures of influence. Every parent listening right now has influence on your children. Every grandfather, every grandmother, aunt, uncle, cousin, whatever, we have influence on other people. Every teenager that might be watching this telecast right now has influence on some other teenager somewhere, even some smaller children. So how will it harm my influence? Will it do something to hurt my influence? Another question is, will it hurt me physically? Will it hurt me spiritually? And if I can determine it will hurt me physically, I ought to leave it alone. If it will not help me to grow spiritually, I need to leave it alone. Here's another question. Can, will it take too much of my time? Now, if it will take too much of my time and prevent me from doing the work of the Lord, I need to leave it alone. Another question. Will, if I were to engage in the thing that I'm considering, would it cause other people to stumble? Or would it cause other people to fall? And if I would become a stumbling block to other people by doing this thing, then that's something that I ought not to do. And then my final question is this. Would I be able to recommend this to the weakest Christian in the church today? Now, if I can't tell somebody that's a weak Christian, and there are weak Christians, the Bible says, Him that is weak in the faith receive ye in Romans 14 and 15. And so we're to receive and we're to help and we're to encourage people that are weak in the faith. So can I recommend what I'm thinking about doing to the weakest Christian? Would it help them to become stronger? You see, I need to come to the point in my life that I love the right and I hate the wrong. That's what Paul meant here in Romans 12 and 9. Abhor, hate that which is evil. Cleave, be glued to things that are good. You stick to the good things. You abhor, you, you run away from things that are wrong. And so the Bible helps us to determine what is right and what is wrong. David said in Psalms 119, verse 104, I hate every false way. And he's not necessarily just talking about and limiting what he's saying to false teaching. Any way that is not God's way is a false way. So maybe these things will, will help us to determine things right, things wrong. We have a problem with this in every facet of our lives, from Washington, D.C., all the way down to, to, the, to the lowest in the land. We have problems trying to, to figure out what is right, what is wrong. And wouldn't it be wonderful, wouldn't it be a different world if we would follow plans, the plan that God has, for our lives today, and us live right, do right. It's right to be a Christian. Would you become one today by believing in Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing your faith in Christ, being baptized into Christ? Would you do it? Uh, until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ, 
If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible Correspondence Course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. This is a free call. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.